0: Hello and welcome back to the Unfiltered Healing Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Rachel. We have an exciting episode today talking all about the colon and the bowels. So we have a special guest today, Rachel Ellis, who is a colon hydrotherapist, and she's the owner of Longevity Lounge, which is a holistic detoxification lounge in San Diego, California. This lounge offers colon hydrotherapy, which we talk about extensively in today's podcast, but they also do lymphatic drainage, ozone therapy, and infrared saunas. The topic today is to really go through the importance of having healthy, moving bowels. Your colon and your intestines are your immune system. They're where you break down your food. It's how you eliminate toxins. and you know, the, the laxative industry is like a billion-dollar industry because so many people have difficulty with their bowels, but that industry is not fixing the problem. So we helped to demystify in this episode some of the fears people have with coffee enemas, uh, colon hydrotherapy, and we just really get into the importance of including this in your health care routine, specifically. For those who are not going to the bathroom regularly, and it's so important to open your drainage pathways, including your colon, to make sure that you're actually absorbing what it is that you're eating, or the nutrients that you're taking, or the protocols that you're doing to kill infections in your gut, you have to always make sure that your bowels are moving and open to get things out. So today was a fun podcast. We talk a lot about the bowels, uh, different things you should look out for, and just ways to help empower you to uh, live a more healthy life with healthy bowels, because a healthy bowel is a healthy body. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode.
1: What do you do to take care of yourself? Welcome to the
0: Unfiltered Healing Podcast with Dr. Rachel Hamill. I ain't Dr. Phil, I'll truly help you heal your mind. Connect with alternative medicine innovators that will challenge and empower you. It has the potential to change your whole life. Create natural balance for both your body and mind. Your health is very important. All while uncovering the truth behind modern medicine. This is crucial. It's raw, it's real, and it's unfiltered. Here's your host, Dr. Rachel. All right, hello, Miss Rachel Ellis. Welcome to the Unfiltered Healing
1: Podcast. Hello, Dr. Hamill. It's such an honor to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
0: We are excited to talk about our topic today. <laughs> um, two Rachels talking about you know the colon. What could what could go wrong? <laughs> um, we are so excited to have you and thank you for coming on today. I, before we jump into today's topic, I love, and I think it's just fascinating how people get into what they're doing, no matter what they're doing. So for our audience who doesn't know you yet, uh, would you tell them a little bit about yourself, maybe a little bit about your story and, you know, what got you into doing what you're doing, because it's not kind of a run-of-the-mill job, you know? It's not probably something that people yeah. would necessarily think about. So can you give us a little introduction about yourself before we get started here?
1: Yes. So i um, born and raised in San Diego, California. Um, I was trained in marketing, business development, and advertising, and I had a successful career for 10 years in that field across multiple industries um i thought that's what i would do um i am a a strange person though in that my hobbies were reading about detoxification toxicity um coffee colonics herbs natural cleansers remedies i thought that was just my interest i i don't it's so interesting because i know i'm not alone there But I thought I was alone. So that's my interest along the way. Um, I'm taking certifications. I'm getting trained um, in energy healing, in nutrition, in um, home remedies, basically. So um, I'm also struggling with low level fatigue, chronic pain, strange skin issues, hormonal mysteries, nothing that got me diagnosed with a disease or condition right away. Although I've been diagnosed with a ton of things. So it's, it's stuff that I was still able to function through and live a pretty decent life, but it's stuff that nagged me. And the, the words I used was there's something inside me. There's something inside me that's not, shouldn't be there. Um, which makes you sound crazy in the year 2000, when you're talking to your gynecologist. Um, I had multiple miscarriages. I just had things that didn't feel right to me that when you put it up against the standards of normal in the world is normal. It just doesn't feel normal and it, it doesn't feel okay. So um, I'm sure that fed into my interest in um, learning about non-toxic ways of living. Um, along the way, I became a detox chef. So I was a private chef. I was cooking for people that had digestive issues that had gluten sensitivity, people that were raw, preparing food for people that were raw, cooking for people that were on a macrobiotic diet. I was just really passionate about improving quality of life in the ways that we, we had access to. So I'm a, a working professional, I'm traveling for work, I'm making good money, and then I'm sort of moonlighting as this woo-woo natural healing girl. Um, and I'm getting better along the way, my symptoms are starting to improve little by little. And I know that I'm on to something. So one of the big health breakthroughs for me was when a friend coerced me into getting my first colonic. Um, I thought it was just for weird people or for sick people or just it just was not any part of my world. Um, I was scared to death, as most people are when they go in. Uh, But it changed. It changed my world because no one really had asked me about my digestion before. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, this, is this why? <laughs> is this why I've had all these issues? Uh-huh. And it healed, it healed my digestion. There's a lot more to that story. But that was what changed the trajectory of my career to quit the salaried, high-paying job and basically start from as an apprentice – work for free and learn everything that I could learn. And it's been a very organic process. It's definitely not what I thought I would be doing when I was 10, but <laughs> I, I couldn't be happier.
0: It takes a special person to do what you're doing. And I'll say that <laughs> it takes a very special person and you are very special. And one. Um, you know, what's interesting. I haven't really researched this. So, uh, you know, don't fact check me, I guess, but someone once told me, uh, I think it was a colon therapist many years ago when I started hearing about it, that chiropractors back in the day used to actually recommend colon therapy after an adjustment. And it was like, wow, that's Mm -hmm. so fascinating. You know, I never had heard of that. I never, you know, we were never taught anything about that. Um, And I think it, runs in the line of the kind of full body detoxification process that goes along with incorporating those together. Have, have you heard that before or heard of that before?
1: Many, many times by old school chiropractors, um, and holistic doctors. So, um, I might be misremembering this, but the, the picture I have in my head is they do the colonic before the adjustment. Mm. So they take out the stagnation and the waste, which has an immediate impact on your blood, on your blood chemistry, and it, and you're able to hold the adjustment. So that was the rationale that was given to me. But either way, it would still work. Um, so yeah, my understanding is that that was pretty typical for chiropractors to actually have colon therapists adjacent to their office. Yeah. It was also typical in ho- hospitals up until I don't know the 60s something like that when laxatives really became popular.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it was maybe before. Maybe you're right. Uh I didn't remember exactly, but yeah, so the, and that's a good segue. So talk a little bit about um the laxative industry because you know, a lot of people will say when we introduce this topic of, of colon therapy and colon cleansing, which we'll talk the specifics about it in a little bit. Um, you know, many will say, well, I'm already going to the bathroom for those that are, you know, I'm already going to the bathroom. Am I not already eliminating out what I need to? So can you, you know, dig into a little bit of, of, of that industry and then how, what the difference is of what we're achieving here?
1: Mm-hmm. So I'll just start by saying when I talk to people about how often they are eliminating waste, I ask them, are you eliminating everything that you eat plus more? No one is. Mm-hmm. So they might be going every day, which is great. That's actually better than average these days, which is not okay, but that's kind of typical. Um, But they're not eliminating all of the food that they eat, all of the lotions that they put on their skin, everything that they're exposed to in their environment Mm -hmm. through their bowels. So um, stuff gets built up. Even if you are eliminating all of the fiber and all of the bulk, just think about why we wash our dishes. Why do we have to wash our blender after we make a smoothie? It's just mm-hmm. fruits and vegetables, right? Like you pour out the smoothie. If you left it on the counter for a few days and just kept making smoothies, even though it's just fruits and vegetables and you're dumping out the waste, it's not going to be clean.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's going to be built up layer upon layer upon layer. Now make it 98 degrees and stuff gets baked. So that, that's sort of the, the normal situation that I encounter with the average person. Um so enter laxatives. Almost everyone that I treat has had a relationship with laxatives. And generally, by the time they come to me, the laxatives have failed, um, meaning they are, they're so dependent upon them that they're drinking 10 times the normal dose a day. Um, they're taking 16 pills of something a day, and it's still not working. Mm-hmm. Um or they're doing the roulette of different drugs, just hoping and praying that it can trick up their chemistry enough to cause a reaction. So laxatives are a multi-billion dollar industry and growing, but they don't seem to be working. They don't seem to be helping people to restore balance and tone to their bodies because people are seeking out other solutions. And, and by working, I don't mean taking 16 pills a day that may or may not produce the desired result. Um, yeah. So I think we're really failing people in our medical pharmaceutical industry in that regard. Um, they, there is some really expensive laxatives out there that may or may not work, but they're $800 a month and it's just not, it's not accessible for people. So um, there's that. They don't restore motility and function of the body. Um, Colonics can do that. Colonics can help take the burden and the stiffness and the stuckness out of the Mm -hmm. intestines so that they can move again. They can hydrate the body so that the body can do its job again. And um, to answer your question to people that ask, are they not already cleaning themselves out? their, Their bodies are trying like a, a perfect body will clean itself out, but mm-hmm. we are assaulting ourselves with sticky glue like inflammatory foods and concoctions that inhibit that functionality. So, even a perfectly functional person, if they are living a normal, so called life, consuming normal substances, they're it's just too much to ask of the body to be able to completely eliminate that without some kind of stagnation that's left there to decay.
0: Yeah. And I think people forget how much is actually like within your abdomen, as far as your digestive system. And it's like miles and miles in there. So I always, mm-hmm. you know, tell people too. well, even if you're going every day, which is we want you may just be getting like a small portion of what it is that's coming out. And mind you, there's miles and miles of intestines in there that has to like work its way through. And like you said, if there's stuff like stuck to the sides or hard or not moving, then are you really eliminating? Because that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to get out all of those toxins every single day. And so I think that's really key for people to understand too, is you could be going, but there's lots in there. <laughs> and there could be things that are have been stuck in there for a long time. And I'm sure you see that all the time, where just like so much toxicity has been built up for so long. Um, so one of the things I want to talk about is, I know in my practice professionally, and I know this is what you preach as well, because we've talked about it, is that um, you see so many resources out there for, you know, detoxing and cleansing and, you know, gut protocols and all of these things that are out there, which, you know, can be good and, and bad. But what I typically preach, you know, myself working on the nervous system is making sure That the bowels and things are open and draining, and the importance of that before doing any of those things. Um, because, you know, they're super toxic if they're not going. Uh, can you, can you? basically, uh, go on along the lines of that on how this type of therapy helps really with our detoxification. And you've touched on that already, but can you go into that and maybe what some signs that the bowels are really toxic? Um, and so people can understand, you know, needing help with that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, when your colon is stagnant, everything is stagnant. Mm-hmm. So because it's the same blood that moves throughout our body, because our, our intestines are permeable, that waste can poison our blood. So the symptoms of toxic blood are brain fog, headaches, mystery pains like I had. Um, I've been given a a probable diagnosis of RA because of the joint pain that I've had my entire life. Um, It's because my blood is toxic. Mm -hmm. So um, when you take out the trash, when you take out literal waste from your body, there is an immediate impact on your blood. And this is seen in sometimes moments on my table, people will come in with a headache and it will be gone. They'll come in with floaters or, or kind of foggy eyes, mm-hmm. and that clears up. Um, so taking out the trash makes everything better. It, it's going to help the congested liver that you might have because your colon is congested, and the two are so connected. If one is stagnant, the other is usually stagnant as well. So if you're going to start something like, a beautiful nutritional protocol and take some of these awesome supplements. It's ideal if you can make sure you either are cleaning out old waste or you're at least doing things to open up your body so that it can eliminate on its own Mm -hmm. sweating, urinating, emptying your bowels. However, the, the strategy is, it's going to allow your body to utilize these herbs and these other nutritional protocols in a way that it might not be able to if your blood is dirty because it's constantly circulating through a dirty body. Yeah. Did I touch on what you wanted me to touch on? I forgot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. What are like some, you did touch on it. What are some signs um, other than, you know, you said possible um, like joint pain and stuff like that. What are also some other signs that mm. people could have if their bowels are really toxic?
1: Number one is mood. So, um, irritability, uh, feelings of hopelessness. It's basically all of the symptoms of depression, um, anxiety, easily stressed, unable to moderate oneself under pressure, um, Skin is another huge indicator: acne reactions, allergy reactions, um, not clear thinking, rashes, itchy things, weight gain. The list goes on and on. Um, I might be missing some obvious ones. There, there. The obvious ones are bowel, like abdominal distension, bloating, bowel discomfort that kind of thing. Um, But really, it's, it impacts everything. It it makes everything worse. If your colon is impacted, any other symptom that you might have related to another cause is going to be exacerbated by that.
0: Yeah, that's really important to mention, because even people, you know, obviously, if someone has a digestion discomfort or problems, they're gonna be like, oh, you know, this really is something that I'm actively looking into. But the reality is, is that our gut and our intestines, like number one, they are our immune system. So you may not have digestion discomfort, um, but that's where your immune system resides. And if that's super toxic and you have all this waste built up, think of, of how your immune system is actually working. And then secondly, you make a lot of those mood stabilizers in the gut as well. And so I always think about like little kids, you know, when they're super constipated, um, which I see a lot in my practice, uh, you know, they can like go to zero and a hundred in like three seconds. <laughs> they like throw all these tantrums, yeah. and, you know? And so you think about that um, as an adult too, a lot of times these could even stem all the way from childhood where they didn't have a healthy bowel regulated system. They're in a stressful environment, their nervous system's stressed. Maybe they like held in, you know, their bowels, um, in some way. And then it created all of these patterns and maybe you don't have digestion problems, but you have all of these other things going on. So I think that's really important to mention that systemically your gut and your bowels, you hear it all the time. Gut health is like been trending for (laughs) years. Uh, but you can actually regenerate your gut if you don't, Get what you're talking about all this trash out like are you really even going to absorb anything that you're taking right
1: yeah, yeah it's so true and with children especially n- nutritional changes and, and digestive support can change their behavior like, mm-hmm. you don't even have to go down the path yet of medication and intervention it's like just get get their body working yeah, so simple first, see who they really are. Because if blood chemistry is driving this behavior, change the biosis in the gut, and see how they behave, give, give them a chance to be themselves. And that, that is one one thing that I hear often is people feel more like themselves. They just feel better. They feel like the veil is lifted off of them, the stress and the heaviness and um i i think that is everything that you mentioned with regard to the the gut now being called the second brain because 90% of serotonin and dopamine is created in the gut yeah but what does that mean what does that mean when you're walking around in life i think it means you feel a lot better <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes or you should <laughs> yeah or you feel a lot worse <laughs> yeah yeah i I see that like weekly with kids where, I mean, one of the biggest complaints that people bring their like little babies in for care for me is because they're constipated and they're just crying and upset, like nonstop. And so, you know, we think as adults, that it's normal to not go every day or every other day or every few days. And it's like, no, that's super stressing out your body. You're supposed to eliminate very regularly. So, For someone that may not know, you know, I think people in general have heard of enemas before, that's not like a foreign topic, but can you kind of dig into specifically how this specific type of colon therapy works? Like what's the process of how it works? So people can kind of understand this is not necessarily just an enema of what they would think of, this is a very different type of treatment option.
1: Yes. Yes. I'm glad you asked because this is what really freaks people out, um, is imagining what the process is like. Um, so it's a very, it's a clinical hygienic procedure done in a spa setting. So it's very civilized. You are in a robe, you're laying on a heated table, you're in a private room that has a, a bathroom attached. Um, it's actually pretty calming, the environment that we create. Um, the The process uses disposable speculum kits. So everything that touches the body goes into the trash at the end. Um, so there's no risk of cross-contamination. The equipment is made in such an intelligent way. it's it's self-sanitizing. there There is no commingling of clean and dirty. Um, so the process is a client comes in, there's a, an intake process where we talk about possible, um, goals, complaints, things that they might've heard, the questions that they have. We go over all of that. Um, then we get them ready for the treatment. The treatment's about 45 minutes in session. And in that process, there is a speculum inserted into the rectum. So it goes in two to four inches, depending on the size of the person. Um, It does not hurt. There's plenty of room for it. It's not traumatizing. Um, It's lubricated. And it's never as scary as what's in people's minds. Um, So they get set up with the tubes. The tubes go from the person to the machine. The machine is a giant filtration unit. That allows me to mix the temperature of the water so that it's either slightly below or above body temperature, depending on our goals. And we just slowly and gently allow water to enter the body. The flow of the water is such a low flow that most likely don't feel the actual water. What you feel is the water moving things around. You Mm -hmm. feel sometimes gas moving. You might feel gurgles, bubbles, you might feel moments of pressure, and then that eases. So that is the water making its way through blockages, around blockages. I'm massaging the abdomen at the same time. So the goal is to try and get the person comfortably full. And the idea there is whatever's been sitting in there for potentially years is hard and paste it onto the walls of the, the lining of the gut. So we want to have the water in there as much as possible in order to soak it, soften it, and let it slough off. So that's that's what we're doing. We're, we're allowing water to go in. We're allowing water to go out and then rinse and repeat, literally. And as we go through the process, stuff starts to dislodge. It becomes liquidy and watery, so it, it looks like just... of diarrhea going through the tube and into the sewer and we get excited when we see a lot of stuff come out we celebrate and know that the more that comes out the better the person's going to feel
0: yeah is so for people that have never had this on the machine you can actually see like she said things that are coming out are there uh Is the way that the stool looks, for instance, you said some of it is hard, like the pieces that are stuck on the wall. Um, Do different like colorations or different ways that the stool looks tell you different things about that person's bowels?
1: Generally, yes. Um, You can tell if a person's dehydrated. You can tell if they don't chew their food. Uh, Mm. They tell you. Yeah. That everyone recognizes that when they don't chew their food. If, you, if it looks like the thing that you ate, it's because it didn't get chewed and digested. Um, so generally speaking, I can give some feedback based on what we see. I can, um, if things are really, really hard and really dry and difficult to come out, um, there's not enough internal hydration. And usually people tell me they drink a ton of water, but their water is not doing what they think it's doing. So either it's not the quality of water, it's not structured water with electrolytes and minerals, or um, they might be drinking enough water, but they're not eating enough water-containing foods that they're eating processed foods that require hydration to break down and in turn turn into rocks in the gut. And drinking water doesn't address that. What addresses that is smoothies water containing foods fruits and vegetables so that kind of thing we can definitely um, discuss and we always do it's really interesting to people um, people will often self-identify things that come out of them um, it's mm-hmm. it's outside of my scope of work to do that but we see weird stuff sometimes and oftentimes that's identified because a person is being treated by a functional practitioner like yourself or another integrative physician that is treating them for something specific, a specific type of parasite, or they are supporting a certain body system. And so we see things that look like the things that they are being treated for. And that's another thing that people self-identify because because it's their body, because they know, they point things out to me all the time and they say, oh, that's a such and such. I saw that on the internet because that's what I'm treating And it's really satisfying to see an almost instant result and associate that with feeling better.
0: Yeah, and and, um, one of the things I tell people, so I have like a two-part statement after what you just went through. So the first thing is I usually encourage people I know it's weird, but I guess it's not weird to us to like look in the toilet every time you go to the bathroom, you know, like you want to see, because a healthy bowel is like you said, is a healthy person. So, um, you know, there's different things that you can see and you can tell how your body is working and how you're feeling. You can get a lot of information by looking in the toilet and looking how your stool looks, the coloring, how it looks, like you said, if it's hard or soft. Uh, so that's really interesting, you know, that you also see that as far as with therapy, you can tell kind of overall systemically how that person's doing by the way they're eliminating Um there's probably some people that come in that don't even eliminate that much at first because things are so stuck in there. Um, And then their body starts releasing things out. And that's one of the reasons that I also highly recommend this when anyone's doing things like parasite cleanses is probably one of the more common things that I recommend it for is okay. You know, we found parasites, we know there's something going on, but we got to work on this first before we start killing because these things need an exit route, you know? And oftentimes people have severe symptoms because they're doing all these cleansing, but there's no exit route for these things to get out. Um, And so, you know, I know that are there other professionals that refer for you a lot for different phases of things to not just parasite cleansing, because I know that's a pretty common one that people will search out for.
1: Yes. Yeah, it's really amazing to me having been in this business for almost 10 years as a business owner. I it was not my experience early on to have medical doctors refer to me or for this service in general. Um and now it is not uncommon. So certainly functional practitioners like yourself, naturopaths, holistic doctors appreciate the the benefits of it. But now gastroenterologists, which kind of blew my mind when that started happening, they are seeing that the laxatives are not working. The colonoscopy came back normal, but the person still feels bad and still can't go to the bathroom. So that sort of exhausts Mm -hmm. their their path of treatment. Um, I am being referred to for coffee enemas. So in in many cases, we do a coffee enema along with the colonic. There are uh, several physicians that are treating people for elevated liver enzymes, fatty liver. Um, They might have a client on an anti-inflammatory diet trying to help them reduce extra inflammation, extra weight, and they prescribe colonics or coffee enemas as a support system for that. Um, certainly hormone stuff. I'm getting a lot of um, fertility cases. Mm-hmm. So for, fertility is a huge thing right now because we, we there are so many hormone disruptors in our world. And yeah. so people that are treating their fertility in a holistic way are being told to support their detox pathways, support their liver so that their body can naturally harmonize their hormones. And along that path is colon cleansing. So it's really neat because I don't think of my work as cleaning out colons. It's not, it's just not what I, it's not Mm -hmm. how I frame it when I go to work every day, it's more about balancing a body. So when I, that's sort of the filter that I, I see the world through now Um, when I hear a symptom, yeah. Oh yeah. That's a hormone thing. That's probably a liver thing. And definitely that's a colon thing, you know, and I'm not a doctor, but just having the benefit of talking with so many people and hearing their struggle and their victories Yes. Yes.
0: Okay. So let's dive into coffee enemas a little bit. So what is the benefit, so to speak, of adding in coffee to this type of therapy? Because not every colon therapist does coffee and some people only do coffee. So what is the benefit of adding coffee into this type of therapy? Um, Because, you know, a lot of people will ask that question about, coffee, what type of coffee, like, I don't really react really well to coffee. So if I put it in my bowels, like, am I going to get the same effects? So can you dig into a little bit of of why coffee and what it does to help improve the effectiveness of this therapy?
1: Yes. Um, So coffee enemas came into fashion in the 50s um, by the Gerson Institute, which was founded in San Diego. It's a world-renowned
0: Mm-hmm. treatment
1: facility and educational Institute. So um, they now operate their treatment facilities in Mexico because they're able to do more under the scope of work in another country. So um, the Gerson protocol for reducing symptoms of cancer and s- late stage diagnoses is coffee enemas and, um, alkaline diet, mindfulness, um, reversing the conditions that caused the disease. And so for decades, people have been using coffee enemas to reverse conditions. Um, The reason coffee enemas are effective is because they're a potent liver detoxifier. So they trigger the production of glutathione in the liver and they stimulate The bile system. So that's why I have physicians referring for fatty liver and for elevated liver enzymes. Um, Mm. why coffee? Because coffee has naturally occurring caffeine and palmitic acid. Both of those, those two chemicals create this reaction. It's this sort of dilating the bile duct and the dumping of the liver. So, um, I use a coffee that is grown specifically for this purpose. So it's grown organically, it's mold tested, it's light roasted. So it's alkaline versus acidic, but there are people that use Starbucks. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't love Starbucks, but it still has caffeine and palmitic acid in it. So Mm -hmm. if your goal is to give yourself some liver support and that's what you have access to, Um, I think it's great. I think we should do what we can do with what we have access to. So um, I use coffee enemas in my practice a lot because why not? Because it enhances the results because we're already hoping for liver detoxification by cleaning the colon. And we know the two are so connected um, because it's easy because it doesn't add any additional discomfort or steps for the client. And because I'm already set up to do it. So part of that is I want to educate people that this is an option for them at home. And oftentimes I'll get new clients calling and saying, my doctor told me to do a coffee enema. I'm completely freaked out by the idea of this. Can you do it for me? And I say, yes, of course, we'll do it as part of your colonic and I'll walk you through it. I'll tell you what to buy and help you to sort of create a process that isn't intimidating. And I encourage people, people that are good candidates for it, if, if they're drawn to it, if it sounds interesting to them and they have some conditions that they are trying to bring back into balance, I think it is a wonderful thing that anyone can have access to at home.
0: Yeah. Well, coffee is a natural laxative anyways. A lot of people that drink it will say, Oh yeah, I go to the bathroom like 10 minutes later. Um, is there a difference though for, cause, you know, usually when I have coffee enemas, I don't really handle specific coffee that well. I don't break it down awesome. So, but when I do coffee enemas, I don't have that same reaction as I would if I ingested coffee. So what's the difference there of, how people, you know, might say, well, I can't do coffee because I just don't, you know, I don't do well with caffeine.
1: Yes. Thank you for reminding me of that. That's a huge point. Um, it reacts completely different when administered as an enema than drinking coffee. So drinking coffee is a whole other controversial topic. Um, but generally speaking for the, the purpose of my goal for people, which is to have hydrated bodies and calm nervous systems, drinking coffee is not amazing, but the coffee enema does not blow out the adrenals. It does not stimulate that part of the body. It's only in the body for a couple of minutes, um, and the impact of purging and releasing the liver actually gives people natural energy. They don't get cracked out from a, a caffeine buzz. I, mm-hmm. I have plenty of people that are sensitive to caffeine and even allergic to it that do just fine with coffee enemas. That's not to say that it's for everyone. Um, mm-hmm. Some people re- really react um, poorly to them. S- some people can't tolerate the detoxification stimulation that, it, that can happen. So, um, those are usually people that are really, uh, immunocompromised, yeah. or they have a lot of, a lot of things they're killing, a lot of parasites and things, and they have to go take their detox treatments very, very slowly, mm-hmm. but th- that's different than a caffeine reaction.
0: Are there other options other than coffee? Like I've heard some people recommend, um, what was it, like molasses or something like that or or some other type of thing? I don't know if that's legit. Um, but are there other options that, you know, can also work similarly to coffee or coffee's just king?
1: That is a tricky question. <laughs> people, people put a lot of things up there. Um, <laughs> and there's the the danger and the opportunity is because there's a lot of unknowns. Um, yeah. And there's not a lot of research. There's not a lot of research. So the, the reason I only use coffee in my practice is because it's supported by the physicians that have mentored me. And because yeah. we have literal decades of clinical data, not research, but enough data that it's, it's helpful in most cases. So um, some of the other substances that I hear people use in a personal way and some in a professional way are chlorophyll, um, mm. which we, that can make sense, right? That's alkaline. It's oxygenating. Some people use wheatgrass. Um, there's a pretty famous place here in San Diego that is is famous for their wheatgrass enemas, and it gives people yeah. a boost. It gives them a little shot of oxygen. Um, (laughs) there's a lot of things. So people use, um, food grade hydrogen peroxide, a few drops here and there. I, I love when that people take their health into their own hands. It is their right. And I believe intuition is huge and also natural things can be harmful too. So I think people need to do a lot of research not just hear about it from a friend, talk to their practitioner and um, integrative healer, and really be thoughtful before just putting something inside your body. In just in the same way that you would be thoughtful if you were going to ingest a substance that you had no idea what it could do to the inside of your body.
0: Yeah, and I think you know, once people get into like the health space or they are taking more charge of their health or they're into you know alternative health they get this concept or this mentality that this is good for me so i'm gonna do it more or i'm gonna do more of it and in that sense it's like yeah yeah me too um you know more is not better better is better And so we want to do things that that our body can work with. So in the the sense of uh, enemas and, you know, colon hydrotherapy, where is the line of doing too much? Because like we said, you know, too much of something can also be not good. So is there a line for that as far as, you know, too much? I've had patients come in and I mean, they're just really sick, so I don't fault them. But, you know, they're doing like a coffee enema every single day or sometimes twice a day. I've had people who are really sick and I'm just like, that is probably way too much. So uh, can you kind of talk about there's also a limit to this too?
1: So it's not a panacea. It is the goal for all of these things is to assist your body to do its own work better. For some people, that might mean they need to do something every day for a while. If they are in a flare-up of some kind of condition, if they are really sick and they just need to get through that day, and if doing a coffee enema gives them a good four hours of pain relief and they're able to function, Mm -hmm. then I think that's right for them until it's not right. But the hope is to restore. The hope is to restore balance. Um, I know that there are some people that are in survival mode and they're not even thinking about that far ahead. That's that's a whole other thing, too. But generally speaking, my recommendation for colonics, it's it's always based on the individual and how far out of balance they are. If they are only going to the bathroom once a week, it's going to take some time to res- to hydrate it's going to take some time to clean out it's going to take some time to restore tone and strength to that muscle so that might mean they do 10 colonics in 10 weeks or 10 colonics in a year different mm-hmm. for everyone but the person my hope is to empower and educate the person so that they know what's right and they they ask my opinion but they're not looking to me to tell them it's eight sessions or it's three sessions. It's really about achieving the result of functionality. And as mm-hmm. you achieve more functionality and your body starts to really work, you don't need this as often or at all. Yeah. But you need to have strategies to maintain that result, that homeostasis, that vitality that is the goal for all of us. Um, mm-hmm. So we use these things as tools. Um, they're, There's certainly people that do everything too much. And I think that's different, but I, I don't, I don't see that too much in this field because this isn't exactly like exciting, sexy stuff, right? This is, it's work. It's work on your body. It takes time. It takes resources. Most people keep it in the respectful place that it deserves, which is, Use this for the the limited value it can give you, and mm-hmm. do all of the other things in your life to support those results. Because that is the goal of a holistic life: it's to live a great life. It's not to do a coffee enema every day. It's to not to forget about them because you don't need them.
0: Yeah, and I think that's just important because you know, about six or so years ago when I was learning about these. Um, A lot in a lot of naturopathic doctors that I was um, gleaming information from, they were like very hesitant about these. And they were like, I don't think that that can be good, you know, for your gut bacteria. You're flushing everything out. And for me, I was having so much relief in what I was experiencing. At that point, I was like, I don't care what's going on. Like, I'm just feeling better. So, I think, as you mentioned, you know, there is a good healthy line there. Um, I know in your sessions and in many people that do colon therapy, they always provide like probiotics that you can take after your session to help your gut bacteria because inevitably you will wash out some good bacteria too. That's, you know, kind of the process of what happens. Um, but the goal is to have an environment where you can regenerate and where you can repopulate and it's not gonna clear everything out. It's not like an
1: antibiotic, right? So there's a point there Exactly. Too. That's I'm so glad you mentioned that because that's that's one of the probably the top ten things I hear from people of regarding concerns. Is this going to deplete deplete my microbiome and my friendly bacteria? And the answer is no, it does not. It will wash out transient bacteria, good and bad. Mm-hmm. Um but your immune system, the bacteria that you were born with, is protected behind your mucosal lining. We are not disrupting that. We don't want to disrupt it uh, unless in, in certain circumstances people are taking things to break that down because they have chronic parasitic infections, but they're under the care of a practitioner for that. But generally speaking, this, this is it's like taking a shower. It's like we are, we're rinsing the dirt. We are not disrupting that, that beautiful layer. And the reason I give probiotics is because it's just a great opportunity to give it a boost because you did get clean and hydrated and it's, it's just the perfect time to, to supplement.
0: Yeah. They have a home now. (laughs) They have, they have a home now. Is there anyone Um, In particular, I know there's probably like very specific cases that this type of therapy is not recommended for initially.
1: Yeah, there are contraindications. So um, bowel surgeries, abdominal surgeries uh, would be case by case. People Mm -hmm. that have had colon resectioning. Um, people that have had hernia surgeries where there is scar tissue, um, chronic Crohn's, pretty much any inflammatory bowel disease, we have to have a consultation for um, and take that person's individual circumstances into consideration because if we don't know, what's going on with the lighting of the gut, if there's any potential uh, strains or tears or things like that, we want to be super careful. Um, People with kidney issues, renal failure, um, things where hydrating the body might cause uh, a a bad consequence. Um, Mm -hmm. Anything that has to do with someone having cut, the inside of your colon is something we would need to look at carefully. Um, yeah.
0: Can this type of ther- um, can this type of therapy be done improperly? Like, for instance, sure. I've had. Well, I guess "improperly" is not the right word, but as with any one in any type of field or practitioner. You know, I think it's important for people to have knowledge that there's some people that do this probably really well, uh, and some people that don't. And so, you know, if maybe someone had a bad experience, cause I've had patients and you're just so excellent at what you do. And for those listening, if you can even yes. hear the, the calmness of her voice, <laughs> it, she's, it's such a magical you know healing center that you have and the the touch that you have with people is is very unique right and so um i've sent people who have had bad experiences with this type of therapy and they've gone to you and had you know such great success so what would you say is something that people can maybe i don't know if they can research for maybe it's just individually based on the person um But are there ways that this can be done improperly or things that people should, you know, kind of look out for or, you know, any tips there for people?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I do think it's very, very individual based on the practitioner. I I think intuition and reviews and word of mouth is a good start. Um, I love the closed system. I love that the machine is self-sanitizing. I love that the equipment or the everything that touches the person is disposable. To me, that makes it foolproof. There are systems that are not that way. There are systems that require a person to hand clean it. Um, there is equipment that is, um, there are metal speculums, which are great, but they have to be sanitized and then put in the that oven thing that bakes the surgical equipment. So mm-hmm. there, there's more moving parts to things like that. So um, there are things that can always go wrong in any situation. Um, yeah. And I think I think reviews and, and referrals are amazing. And I've also had people tell me that they they made an appointment at a place, went to the place, and decided not to go through with the treatment for one reason or another. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's okay too. I think, you know, I go to the same nail technician all the time, Mm -hmm. right? Like, because I'm comfortable because I trust her because there's, she has a, a a calming way about her. Um, So I think it's okay to take your time to find the right fit. It's okay to be nervous. It's okay to feel like you need to be reassured and um, feel the vibe or see the place and see how clean it is and see how set up it is. Um, there are places where there isn't a bathroom attached to the treatment room, and you need to walk back out into the lobby to use the restroom. For for those of you that are not familiar with this, you finish in the restroom, mm-hmm. so it's it's considered part of the treatment, and it's private. It's it's something that, you know, you don't really want to walk through a lobby in a, lobby a spa gown and run into the bathroom and hope that it's open. So things like that are comfort things. And most people that have had a bad experience with colonics, it's not because it was unsafe or um, administered incorrectly. It's because some of these thoughtful touches were were not carried through. And it makes people feel, I mean, you're already feeling vulnerable Um, You don't need to feel like you're going to be embarrassed or something is going to go wrong with it.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, you know, emotions can be held anywhere, but specifically, Mm -hmm. you know, the bowels, there's lots of um, emotional responses that can be held in there. And so oftentimes, like you said, when you first started this podcast, is that I'll just mention, even regardless of colon therapy first, people just kind of doing some coffee enemas on their own. And some people just like, look at me and they're just terrified. <laughs> like, you know, so it's it's a real like fear that people have. And, you know, it's taken me sometimes many months to encourage, keep encouraging someone that this is what they need to get it going. And then once they do it, like man, I don't really know I was that scared. It wasn't really that big of a deal. But, you know, it's important to know too that, you know, emotions can be held in any area too. You think about a child like holding in uh, you know, their stool and maybe there's fear cuz there's so much pain of what, you know, a hard constipated stool would feel like, and then their nervous system is holding on to all those emotional things. So, i love what you talked about. And I think that's also really important. This is, this is a vulnerable type of therapy for sure. And trusting that person, but also knowing and giving yourself grace that like, you know, there can be some releases that you have with this therapy as well, which is needed and it's what you want, but you have to kind of push through that and be like, you know, this is something that I need to overcome and get through and release. And I think people can have some really significant changes in their health outcomes through that
1: as well. Mm. Such a big point. Yes. Emotional releases are amazing and mm. uncomfortable. Yeah. And we're here for it. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're here for it because you, you have been the steward of many of mine um, and it is not uncommon for for people to have waves of emotion in in the process because okay. we're disrupting old trauma potentially in this really vulnerable personal area and people yeah. are good at compartmentalizing and and keeping things kind of tucked away and then when we go clean things out it can feel it can feel kind of bad but And Mm -hmm. as long as people know that they're in a safe place and they're supported and they are, they don't need to be embarrassed or, um, self-conscious about any of it.
0: Yes. Yes. Well, we are so thankful for you. Um, can you talk a little bit about how people can find you, find your practice, some of your social platforms to get more information uh, about yourself?
1: Yes. Thank you so much. Um, so my business is longevity lounge. Um, my Instagram is longevity lounge spa. Um, my email is longevity lounge spa at Gmail, um, Google longevity lounge. And we come up all kinds of places. Uh, we have a beautiful physical location in Pacific beach and we do all kinds of detoxification treatments. We have infrared saunas. We do lymphatic drainage, colonics, And we have a community of other practitioners that are in the same ethos, acupuncturists, massage therapists, energy healers. So it is a cool tribe. It's a great, sweet space to operate from. And we all love what we do. So if anyone would like to reach out and has questions or comments, uh, we'd love to hear from you.
0: Yes, it's a beautiful space. Um And you just expanded and you're one of San Diego's top spas now. So it's well-deserved, well, well-deserved. Uh, well, well I hope that you guys all check it out. Um, you explore the world of uh, coffee enemas and colonics. And uh, our goal is to empower people with their health. So thank you everyone for listening. And we will catch you guys on the next episode.